Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock. I didn't know I had to knock. Fair enough. So what are we doing this week? The same thing we do every week, our podcast. Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Neighbors Don't Knock. Yes, indeed. <laughs> welcome to all of our listeners. And Brian, welcome back to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just happen to live here. I've moved in, I think. Uh, but for all of our listeners that have never been or listened to our show, you guys have stumbled onto a podcast where neighbors such as, our, such as ourselves get together for some good banter, some laughs, some relevant conversations, and fantastic guests. Indeed, and we have a big one today. Yeah, we do. Before we get into that, I just want to shout out a little bit of love to some of our past guests. Uh, last episode we had on, our last guest was Emily Klein, your dear friend, great, amazing Broadway actor, singer, um, pole dancer, all of the above. It's true. But we have had great guests. We've had Josh Hoffman. His story was wonderful. We had Ben Jaber, who is an incredible musician. I mean, we've got all the way to... Uh, oh, the list goes on the right now. The team, Michael Moreland. Yeah, it's been a really good season. It's been a great season. And also, a lot of love to our past guests. Again, all of our guests always have a welcome, uh, an open invitation to join our show anytime they want. But for those of you that are listening, go back and check those out. And you can always catch us on social media. We drop a new episode every Friday. Indeed, but if you're getting up to speed just now, you are listening to our third season. This is episode 11 of our third season. Oh my gosh, wow, it is flying by. All right, well, enough uh, enough of the promotion. Let's get into our guest. So our guest today, she is a professional actor, singer, and producer that holds a Bachelor of Music in Musical Theater from the Catholic University of America and a Master's of Fine Arts in uh, in acting from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She's a very versatile performer, and I'm not joking. She's really versatile after seeing everything that she's done. It's amazing. Uh, But she's been in everything from national commercials to singing Christmas carols in the happiest place on earth as a Dickens caroler of Disneyland. Who doesn't love a caroler? You yeah, look, you don't have a soul if you don't love a character. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's like, it's like that's, a, that's convinced. A, like, any <laughs> creed, any religion, any background, if somebody knocks on your door and just starts singing, especially if it's snowing outside, it, <laughs> right. it's a really amazing thing. Uh, but now she's transitioned to behind the camera. She continues to work on diverse projects ranging from HBO's Westworld to Nickelodeon's Ryan's Mystery Playdate and much more. So let's get her on the show. I, I can't wait. Let's welcome Miss Lisa. Ferris. Hey, Lisa, what's going on? Hey, you know, just hanging with you guys. That's that's what I loved it. Loved it here. It's so good Best to have you. I it's know. a good yeah. place to be. It's a good place to be. It I really feel is. we're fun to hang with. Let's just get into it. I, I, I've meeting you we actually met through some mutual a mutual friend and a friend of ours from the show and a little bit of shout out to christina wells out there if you're listening hey we love you um but she connected you and i and it was we just started talking and i knew the second i started talking to you i was like oh my gosh 
amazing story. I want you on our show. I want to get to know you so much more. Uh, first of all, what is going on in your world right now? Uh, right now I am, um, I'm in LA, um, live in LA. I'm working on an Amazon show, um, as the COVID coordinator. So I am COVID living, coordinator. <laughs> I am living COVID. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a glamorous job of, of scheduling everyone in the cast and crew for all their tests and making sure everybody's safe and the production is safe and things can continue on without, you know, having to get shut down in this crazy, crazy time we're living in. Well, actually, that's a really important job these days. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> without that job, I mean, production, no, no go. <laughs> massively, yeah. massively important, but I love that you throw the glamorous on it. That just sounds like a real <laughs> glam and glitter kind of gig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I am. I am drowning in spreadsheets, which is my happy place. But like the journey from like performing, you know, to, to being so happy with like my excel maps oh really is, is like yeah it's it's gonna i love it i'm a complete a operations geek so i can completely uh relate to that did you always know you wanted to be in the performing arts when you were younger did you come from a family that was really big into that or or was this something that you kind of learned on your own getting into school and college yeah so i come from a family of attorneys um so yeah performing that, arts yeah, <laughs> no, that's true though. A lot of there's a lot of trial lawyers. I've seen many trial lawyers here in Houston that actually do perform because they want to get their 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 skills up. So you were, laugh. Were your parents trial lawyers? No, my dad's a business attorney, contract oh. and acquisitions. Wah, wah. <laughs> so maybe okay, that's sorry. Where the, the wonkiness comes in. But, <laughs> uh, but, but no, I, but I will say this: like, I definitely. So um, I grew up in a family of you know of like I well I have one uncle who really like you know, Buck's tradition and he's a doctor. So, you know, um, Oh, but way to go against the grain there guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But I think from an, from a really early age, my mom always encouraged, I think she signed me up for like gymnastics when I was four or five. And she always tells the story of how, um, it was like, I had gymnastics class and then my older sister had gymnastics right after me. And she said always during like Kirby's gymnastics session, the, the gym also had a dance studio and she would find me with just like hands and face pressed against the wall of the, of the window of the dance studio. And so when we were done, she was sort of like, Hey, do you want to keep doing gymnastics? And I was like, no, I want to do that. So I'm sorry. Uh, where, where, where was this you growing up? Oregon, Portland, Oregon. In Oregon. Okay. So yeah. always, always yeah. in the West coast, but you were Northwest. Yeah. North Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. So we sort of finished that and I said I wanted to dance and and so she signed me up for dance classes and that was kind of all bets were off after that um, <laughs> and I think you know it was like first or second grade that she just sort of knew that I really like was really into it so it's a woman who knows what she wants schedule. first or second grade no, <laughs> I want to do that I had no idea I what I wanted to do in first or second grade I, I couldn't decide which marker to sniff the 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 strawberry red one or the the great purple one <laughs> I love it were, were you always uh, precocious were you always up in front of people and, and kind of hamming it up or were you yeah. yeah. I mean, probably yeah. to my detriment. I think I was like a, you know, one of those kids that 
my mom used to call me Big Bird when I was like four, because I guess Big Bird on Sesame Street used to always be like, why? Why does that do that? Why? 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 And so yeah, he did. Like, he did. That's right. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad she went and up. I, I why? Me- I was I was kind of picturing that mom was like, it was more of a <laughs> physical thing, like you're super tall walking around <laughs> all the short <laughs> kids. <laughs> very average brown hair. But I started talking at nine months. So that's like a... Yeah, and never stopped, I assume. Well, you, had something, you had yeah. something to say. There's nothing relate. wrong. You, I had something to say. Yeah, so she was just always, like, really, really encouraging uh, of just sort of going this route that nobody in my family had gone down. And then in high school, um, I went to I went to a, I went to Jesuit High School in Portland, Oregon. and um, I, I went uh, to a Jesuit fellow. high school as well. So, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the Jesuits were really, we have something in common. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. For all, for all of our listeners, we have two people with fists up in the air cheering right now. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh... I, you know, it's it's always fun. And then that's what we love doing the show when we meet our guests. And when those little moments when you're like, oh, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that, too. It's just, you can't help but, but kind of do. And, and maybe this is me. For all of our listeners, I always do a little dance in studio. And Philip just laughs at me. It's true. And there's so many listeners that were, like, cheering and putting their fists up in the air about sniffing markers just like you did there. Uh, there, <laughs> there you go. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so as Brian knows, the Jesuits are very um, encouraging of performing arts. Uh, so my high school had a, a really well, well-funded, well uh, well-supported performing arts program. And we, we were very lucky to have two kind of extraordinary, uh, Jeff Hall and Elaine Closer were the, were the drama teachers. Um, they're still there. And we're just sort of extraordinary in like shaping young students, uh, sort of creative minds and um, ambitions. And so I sort of auditioned for every play and, and then my sophomore, and then I joined choir and then my sophomore year, my choir teacher was like, oh, you should do like the solo ensemble festival. And I was like, what's that? And then, so she so, sort of helped me out, picked a song I I sang the song at the, it was a it was a competition. I sang at districts and I won. <laughs> um, and my dad always says he remember like he remembers the moment of like they didn't know I could sing. I didn't really know I could sing. I didn't like it wasn't anything I had sort of thought about. And then went to like the state competition that year and um, and placed at state, which was it was all this like all this real heady stuff for a 15 year old. And, and so then they were just like, all right, well then we're signing up for voice lessons. Um, I had sort of kind of stopped taking dance classes at that point. Um, that was my next question. Like had you been theater. dancing this whole time or not? So you, you'd taken a break from dancing at this point. I had, yeah, kind of when I, when I started high school, but every time we did a musical, I, you know, I was in the sort of the dance ensemble. Um, and so I kept dancing that way and it just, it was all I ever wanted to do. Like performing just made so much sense. And I mean, I could like academically, I was really a very type A, I'm a Virgo. So like, um, I, I was, can relate. Yeah. <laughs> See, now we have something. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hands up. Yeah. 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 See, look, I'm not the only one there. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. For our <laughs> listeners, that was Philip with his hands up in the air that time. <laughs> I know my um, shoulder hurts then, now. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get your, get your cane and sit, sit your ass down. <laughs> uh, you kids. 
So you, okay, real um, quick. Yeah, yeah, so just ahead. your parents, they were encouraging that that's good to hear. Was it until you learned that you were a singer that you knew you wanted to take a, a further step or go with it? You know, cause you were now getting, I guess, recognition awards, things like that. I mean, cause you can sing. I've, I've heard, I've seen videos and heard your voice and you have a, a gorgeous voice now. Of course, I wasn't listening to when you were fifteen. I know when we're all in. I know when we're all in high school and we, we all do something. We're like, "Yep, I'm awesome," right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I totally yeah. get that. I was the same Speak way. For yourselves, performers. <laughs> when I did things in high school, I was nothing but terrified. Oh, I'm <laughs> terrified. That was my. No, everyone's terrified, but you don't show that, right? You, you always put out the. You know, you're, if you're winning things and you're getting a recognition, it's it's always a it's a big confidence. Yeah. Boost. There is definitely an element of high school students, uh, I think both men and women, when they're finally done with their moment in the spotlight, it's like a mic drop moment, no matter what happens. I, yeah, I think you kind of oh, yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So did yeah. this, so this didn't, this didn't change or did that fuel it more? It definitely like fueled it. I'd sort of never, like my very first professional acting job was at the summer after my junior year of high school. I played Lucy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown at the um, oh so prestigious Sylvia's Dinner Theater, which at 17 was just the height of, you know, theatrical sophistication for me. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, but the very first time I got a paycheck for, you know, we, you know, two weeks into rehearsals or whatever, I got paid to do this thing. And it was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This, this must be a mistake. I, yeah. Are you sure? I mean to give me this? Totally. Yeah. I, I have to ask though. I have to ask because even as a, as a high schooler and just like so unbelievably excited to be on stage and being, oh my gosh, paid for, for this crazy fun thing to do. Was there was there an element of the dark comedy side of all the dinner theaters? Like, was there like like the old waitress has been there forever, Marge, who like smokes three packs of cigarettes? Okay, honey, I know you're performing, but I gotta get the dinner order in here. I mean, was there, there has to be some of that, I right? I swear, you're living in one of those black and white films. I totally <laughs> am. <laughs> I swear, every time. Except that he pretty much just accurately described our director. Yes. Oh wow, <laughs> he nailed was the it. Cigarette smoking, like wizened old, like hey kids. We're going to put on a show. <laughs> That's pretty good. Although, you know, I, I did I did see on your resume that you do character voices. Yes. Lucy, that's your cue. Uh, Lucy, what are you? Yeah. Oh, God. You're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, I, I think. Do you have a. Well, no, uh, let, me, let, me let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. Because okay. you mentioned, not to put you on the spot. Is there a character mm -hmm. voice that you've done in the past that you created that you were pretty proud of? Oh. Uh, you know, honestly, it was. Um, and I don't even, I don't think I could reproduce it now, but now that I live in the land of spreadsheets, it's been so long that, uh, but when I was Christmas caroling at Disneyland, we, one of our songs was the, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I, I honestly, and, I um, wish I knew that it sounds like a, such a fun song, but I don't know it. You don't know. It. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know I, that I, one. I, I really don't. Helps, I didn't. I didn't know it until I was hired to be a professional caroler. Oh, good. Like, oh, oh, oh so it's not something I should know. It's, it's not, it's not like Mary had no, a little lamb. Like no, everyone. Okay. Good. No. And if anybody listening would like to, it is 2021. And I just learned in 2020, like Dominic, the donkey. Oh yeah. Apparently is. This, you, yeah. I, I, I grew up, I grew up you know in the that? Northeast. Dominic, the donkey was a thing for me when I was yes. in high school. 
I have so many questions for when we get off the show about it's that. It's Dominic the donkey. No, nothing. No, keep going. So I, I, I can't get off of like so, two syllables. Keep going. I, Listen, you, <laughs> you're going to come up to where I'm from one day and you're um, going to understand Dominic's plight. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll get his plight. All right. Back, back to Lisa, back to Lisa. Back to the hippopotamus. Yes. Um, wait, for the, Christmas. The person who's for Christmas, who sings the song, Oh God, what's the song from Ferris Bueller? Boom, uh, boom. Doesn't matter. No, 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 no. When he's like on the float. Um, oh, the, Don, Don Shane. The person who sings Don Shane. Yeah. Um, I think sings the, the hippopotamus song. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's a very character voice. And it was an alto solo. So it was my solo. So one day during rehearsal, I just full tilt did the voice. And, and it... It ended up being very, like, very popular. <laughs> well, well done. Well, yeah, that's Thank awesome you. because, but Thank also you. when you do stuff like that and, and directors or companies see that and they're like, we love it. You're now kind of, you're now done. It's just like, you have to keep well, doing that, right? Yeah. Is that, is that how Disney was, is? I mean, I yeah, imagine they're well, pretty tight. very, like, incongruous because I was all, we were dressed up the, the, director of the company had created these, like, beautiful, like, Victorian, costumes you know with like the fascinator and the the muff and the you know the bustle on the skirt and everything like that and then i'm just like really anachronistic it didn't make any sense but luckily the the other owner of the company was a comedian and he was totally into it that's so. awesome i, I <laughs> love microphone that. dying over here i love that <laughs> so 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 how often how often does that voice break itself back out like are you at parties you have a couple a glass of wine and bam the oh, hippopotamus the hip, the hip, voice or, comes or is it out. seasonal you know, maybe it's seasonal about it, I, it yeah could, she should make a reappearance probably them very popular at parties there you go you should do it uh yeah. when you're doing your covid test with all the actors <laughs> yeah. you're scheduled at 2 15 <laughs> <laughs> so okay so 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 you you realize uh your junior year you're doing dinner theater you're in high school you get paid <laughs> And then yeah. directly, like, yeah, go in places, kid. And you're yeah. like, and you're just ready to roll. How, how does this? How does this wind up uh, moving into college, where you went to an actual performing higher performing education school? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was um, it just when it came time to apply for colleges. Actually, I remember my going into my senior year of high school. I told my dad, I was like, well, I have to take calculus, and he was like why and i was like because you need calculus for the four years on your you know transcript to get into college and he was like do you like calculus and i was like no and he was like are you gonna be a mathematician i was like no and then he was like well then take something you want i think i did like aerobics I think your father so is my yeah. hero. Some some jazzercise. <laughs> I mean, this is the best yeah. answer ever. Your dad's like, have they never listened to Paul Simon? I mean, they, this right, is not gonna. Right. Wow, that I mean, yeah, that's so very was... different from my from my father. Even yeah. though I, both, I wanted to go that way, but my dad would not. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so and you do I'll something say this about yeah. I'll say this about my dad. Like he's an attorney, but he's also this amazing painter, and he's a very artistic. Like he's an artistically minded person and he's got a beautiful sort of artistic spirit and so I think between he and my mom they always used to say like from the age of five they knew I was like on on a train <laughs> and so their job was just to like get out of the way and just like whatever she's gonna do she's gonna do now are you are you um, an only child so, are you an only child no 
I have two sisters and I major props to my parents because the three of us are so different, but they, for all three of us were just kind of like, they're going to do what they do. So like my little sister married an Aussie lives in Australia, uh, is like a senior marketing person for Google. Like she is, um, J crew all the way. Oh, wow. And then, I mean, she's, I mean, like, I love my sisters so much, but like, so she's definitely um, had this life that, you know, her career is kind of amazing. She's got an amazing husband, like, and it's something that my parents is, you know, working professionals are like, oh yeah, it totally makes sense. And then my older sister is, I mean, she's a, she's a web developer also, but she is this like extraordinary artist. I mean, she's an alien. She's like a genius on every level. And she was in a band and she does like, she's creates mod synth music, which I couldn't even like necessarily describe accurately. I'm going to probably embarrass myself, but I think it's like short for modular synthesizer. So she, it's okay. like, it's like a, this mixture of like programming and music. And it is just so on a level that like, I can't even contemplate. And she has, you know, she taught herself how to code when she was living in Brazil and she's just, and so she's, she is a hundred percent like this other end of the spectrum. Jill is J crew, Kirby is whatever, you know, box I could put that in. That's just like on the other side of the spectrum. And then I landed somewhere in the middle. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, Lisa, Lisa, your family is the most interesting family I've ever heard. (laughs) No kidding. Right. (laughs) I mean, we're, we're just getting to, to the crux of you and, and like you're telling us, how, you know, your parents are lawyers and how they do painting and what your family, I think that's amazing. And I, I think it says a lot of, of what, how you are doing so many things. It actually makes more sense when I, I'm sitting here looking at parts of, of your journey and, and your resume. I'm like, how, how on earth did she get into all these different things? But you know what, hearing you talk about it, it makes total sense. Yeah, they, I think they just sort of gave us space to like figure out our path. And, and mine has been conventionally unconventional. Like I said, like I'm somewhere in the middle, like I haven't, I've lived in a lot of places. And then, uh, you know, I went to, I went to college um, to, to study musical theater because, you know, because they were just sort of like, yeah, no, that's what you want to do. There was never a version of like, no, you need to go to law school or you need to like do something sensible or, you know, whatever. <laughs> they were like, yes, follow your dream. We believe in you. You know, and I just want to say, I just want to say way to nail the air quotes with the sensible thing because Brian misses the air quotes all the time. I do. I totally miss the air quotes all the time. Well done. I, I, I do a, a very <laughs> Joey from friends, <laughs> you know, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you it, re- know? it really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so like, I went to a performing arts college and then my sophomore year of college, my, my friend Katie in uh, Oregon had, comp- <laughs> she told me she, we knew each other from choir and she was like, I think I'm going to do Miss Oregon this year. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's weird, but okay. And so then she did Miss Oregon and then she won Miss Oregon and then she won Miss America. <laughs> wow. And so like, so then she was like Miss America, and then she was like, "You should try this. I got a lot of college scholarships." Hold on, let's let's not gloss over this. It's like you know my friend, and she's like, "Oh, you should do this." And then she won Miss America, like almost well, oh, yeah. like like, "Hey, hey, you should do this. I did it, no problem." You know? Well, that's what <laughs> like, I sort of always said. So yeah, so I was like, okay, and I think it's that sort of naive thing that you go into. You're sort of like, I don't know that I don't know. So I was like, okay, so I uh, competed. I was going to college in DC. 
I went to Catholic University in DC and I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. So I do Miss DC and then I won Miss DC. And so then I was like, oh, I'm like 20 going to compete at Miss America and not having any kind of sense of this like juggernaut that I had just stumbled upon. Really. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm because curious. we're very, we're very much, uh, we don't really have a lot of knowledge in, in the pageant world. And I, I know it, it's, a, I know it's a whole different world. Um, and also, I want to know what your talent was. <laughs> I sang, uh, I sang. And I sang Gimme Gimme from Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, great which, song. Great song. Yeah, which at the time was like super groundbreaking because Millie was still playing on Broadway. So it was like new. I'm, I'm dating myself. But um, so I had to like get special permission from ASCAP to like get the rights to do it. And I think they, I mean, there's no way in hell he'd ever remember this, but they gave me like a phone number to call to get uh special permission and I call the phone number it's like Dick Scanlon's cell phone number so I'm like you know, 20 years old, like on the phone with Dick Scanlon like can I sing your song at Miss America and it was like sure he's probably laughing so, his ass off he's like are you kidding me yeah but say I wonder if I can't I, believe I'm having this conversation I'd yeah, love sure, to go have ahead. seen what? his face yeah, just like really yeah. are they really calling me for this I got like you want to do what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like such a weird. So the whole thing of my family called Lisa's alternate universe experience. And that year, I mean, it was just like this crazy whirlwind of just getting to know a whole, a whole new, like subculture. It, so is, is, is the Miss America thing, is it as colossal as I imagine? Like, is it just like dozens and dozens and dozens of teams of people that are putting this production together and, and just sort of, I, I picture it sort of like a really big, um, like studio Broadway show. Yeah. I mean, cause it was, um, I mean, it's, te it was televised when I did it, it was still network TV. So it was televised on ABC. So it was like a full, you know, ABC live production. So yeah, I mean, it was like lots of rehearsals, lots of photo shoots, media stuff, um, very overwhelming. And then our host that year was Tom Bergeron. So oh, like the guy from the Hollywood stars squares. Was, yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, you're right. Yeah. Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. Yeah. Dancing with the stars. 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 Dancing with the um, and Dancing with the Stars was like new and, um, and I think she was a judge on the show. And so everybody was very like starstruck, but, it, and, it, and it's like, um, but that's like one element of it. I mean, the thing that was like really, that sort of carried on, cause I'm actually still involved with the Miss DC organization now, even all these years later is that it was primarily, I mean, the biggest element of competition, I just use air quotes again, was, um, it, well, anyway, it was this, uh, this interview, this like 12 minute interview you have with a panel of judges and it's everything from your, and now they call it a social impact initiative, but it used to be your platform. So like whatever you, the commitment to social justice that you have in the year that you're going to be Miss DC or Miss America and what your, uh, and it could be current events and it could be fluff questions. So it's just basically to see how you are like with the media and do you have an opinion and are you a smart person? And like, are you a well-rounded it's this, it's the side of things that nobody ever sees. Everybody always sees the, the, Strutting. Well, that and know, that's what I like, wanted. I, I did want to kind of get yeah. into a little bit of that because that you're right that we we don't see a lot of what 
goes on behind the scenes. We all have this preconceived notion that certain things are certain ways. What is it? What is it like off camera or backstage during this level of competition or of pageant? I can tell you, and it may be disappointing, but there's no hair pulling or costume sabotage. <laughs> like everybody's really supportive. Darn it! Yeah. Gosh, I was um, hoping for some for some like you know old school uh, Jerry Springer moments behind stage there. No, it's not it's mis- congeniality. Miscongeniality. <laughs> it's more miscongeniality than drop dead gorgeous. Oh, there's okay. That, that was like, it. Drop murder. dead gorgeous. That's right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mixed them up. Oh, I, oh man, now I feel bad. I, yeah. I my bad. I, I feel stupid. <laughs> and for my listeners at home that was me purposely doing the wrong air quotes all right yeah purposely yeah Uh (laughs) so all right so a lot of support right um with the questions when they because that's usually that's they focus a lot on that do they give you a series of questions to look at prior to or is it just drawn out of a hat and you get what you get literally drawn out of a hat and you get what you get. Like you have no idea, Um, which is amazing. The fact that any one of those women under that amount of pressure have, will get asked a question about, I mean, I guarantee you one of the women this year will be asked a question about like the U S withdrawal from Afghanistan. And she'll have 30 seconds to come up with a coherent answer. I mean, like to, to speak her coherent answer. And she's probably, she's between the ages of 20 and 24 and, what these women say is remarkable most of the time. I mean, I mean, every once in a while, right, you see the video of, of videos of whatever, somebody just like South, watching it. But South just, like, Carolina, imagine... South, South Carolina, yeah, the infamous, exactly. yeah, that infamous video. The Iraq. I, yeah, yeah, it's the whole, the poor, poor girl. Poor th- no, no kidding. Like 15, like, of course, I mean, like, the, like, try, try doing that in front of five people, let alone millions. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, when I was, like, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, somebody asked me about anything involving current affairs. I would have sound like a bumbling moron. There's no question. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So the fact that these, these women are able to actually pull it in off 30 and say seconds. something intelligible. In 30 That's, seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. Pretty amazing. And I will say like this year, like it, so I am now on the, I'm on the board of Miss DC um, and I was this year's candidate director, uh, contestant coordinator. So I was helping, you know, just like prep all the paperwork for like the women who were competing this year for Miss DC. And it was like, three of them were practicing lawyers. One of them was 20 years old and a practicing lawyer. Like they were, um, they were uh, the, our winner, our Miss DC this year, she's in the Navy. I, I mean, the, I was just like reading their bios and I was like, these are the most accomplished women. I had done nothing. <laughs> I still have done nothing. Incredible people. In my life that like compares to, yeah, just these like driven well, I mean, uh, you, women, you are so. helping, you are helping, uh, f- foster this program, right? I can maybe foster is the wrong word, but, um, you know, helping, encouraging these women to go forward, which, which is something, I mean, like you said, uh, th- like I couldn't imagine being at their age, what you're talking about and having done so much and that that's incredible. And it's also incredible to yeah. hear that's what's going on with these pageants yeah. too, because I, I think that we, we look at them too much as a beauty contest still exactly. in, in our day and age. And it's really, yeah remarkable to hear what's going on with and from someone from their own mouth our oh well our executive director just always said um she's like i'm not really concerned for these women if they win a crown what i am really concerned is that these women learn the skills to ace a job interview 
And that's what this is teaching them. So let's go back a little bit here. So so you compete in that pageant. How does that then turn into you having this like blowout IMDb page where you're in project or project? (laughs) But really what happened, the reason why my IMDb page is the way that it is, is because, you know, I've done some independent short films and stuff like that as an actor. But then three years ago, I was working in LA as a dog walker and a yoga teacher and like auditioning for commercials and wondering if I still wanted to be an actor. And my, one of my dog walking clients just happened to be a producer on Westworld. And we had a conversation where she was like, Hey, is this, you know, what do you sort of want to do? So I, I mean, it is a very like Hollywood kind of story of like, but usually it's, I was struggling as an actor and I had nine peanuts and $4 in my bank account, but then I had that one audition and I, you know, and that turned everything around for me as an actor. But for me, it was more like I had nine peanuts and $4 in my bank account. And this dog walker was like, are you sure you want to be an actor? Cause you're kind of a producer <laughs> and having somebody like <laughs> believe in me that way or see, really see me. And it was like, we had one sort of brief conversation about it. And then I could not stop thinking about it. And I could not stop imagining my life as a, Three years before, I had produced um, a really small production of the last five years because my acting career was like flagging and I really just wanted to do something creative. And I was like, well, I don't want to wait for somebody to cast me. So I'm just going to create my own thing um, and I'm going to be in it. So and I loved the last five years. And so I was like, I'm going to cast myself as Kathy. I, I heard I heard a clip show. of you singing in rehearsal. There's a YouTube clip. Oh, yeah. And, and you yeah. sound you sound gorgeous. You sound gorgeous. Thank so I, I, I would have loved to have seen you in that role. Thank you. Well, what I, what I learned from that was that I actually, the process of putting it together, I was getting more out of creatively than the actual performing of it, which was crazy. Like I'd never felt that way before, but just everything about like the fundraising and the budgeting and the, you know, all the, everything that went into, you know, hiring a director and was so exciting to me that then two years later, you know, I'm walking this woman's dog and she's like, Hey, I see something in you. And it felt like this tiny little seed that had gotten planted just kind of exploded into, into really what I, what I want to do. So they ended up hiring me on Westworld. And I always say I was like, finally on the bottom rung of the right ladder, um, where I like they hired me as an office PA. Yeah. And so I got to you know, meet all these people at a level that I wanted to be working at. And it's just kind of, it's taken off from there. How was, how was it um, working on, on Westworld specifically? Cause y- you, you, you came on my understanding, you came on towards what season two, season three. I came on towards the end of season three. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then as like a day player, and then I got hired as staff for additional photography okay. for season three. So, so I the show was three, pretty so... big at that point. I mean, it was, yes. so, so it was known if you're like, well, I work on Westworld, people knew what you were doing. Yeah. Right. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, so how was that kind of jumping into a project that was of that magnitude? I mean, it's like, it's exciting and it's a little bit intimidating, right? Because it's something that's like in the zeitgeist. And so you're sort of like, that's what's exciting about it is that you're like, oh my God, like I'm a part of, in a very, you know, in this, even in this small way, like I'm a part of 
this huge juggernaut, you know, with like actors who I've always admired my whole life, who, you know, and, and, you know, creatives. I mean, it was like running a city. And I think for me, cause I'm kind of at a point right now where it's like, Oh, I wish I had figured this out a long time ago because I sort of started my career over, you know, later. And, but then at the same time, I feel a little bit like actually, I don't think I would have been ready for that opportunity in my twenties. So, so, okay. So here you are on the bottom rung of the, of the right ladder. I really do enjoy that expression. I'm totally stealing that. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'll, I'll credit you as often as I can. I promise. Yeah, We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Are we trademarking? Now we're we're trademarking now. Microphones. You've got the calendar guy and the producer girl. So (laughs) there we go. We both love spreadsheets. We're just going to hire her to come on and just produce our show. That that's, what's going to happen. We want to, we want to, we want to take this thing national. So we're just going to have to call Lisa. There you go. We are national. We're international. We we already, we already uh, have those. But we don't have, we don't have the mocks. We don't have the moxie that Lisa could bring to our show. This is for sure. This is for sure. Okay. So you find, yourself in uh in this position and did you know sort of sort of within the first little bit of working on Westworld that production and and going the producer route was something that you just like could completely see yourself in or was it more I'll try this out for a second and sort of uh feel it out was it lightning hitting hitting you know Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. Thank you for the thank you for the help on that. I, 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 I saw that, I saw actually. where you were going. I yeah, saw where yeah. you were going with it. <laughs> I really did need that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it was. Uh, the other the other thing that I always said during that time was like I felt like for for so much of my adult professional life I was walking around this hallway of all these doors like trying to get into it and then I finally had the key to get into the door that I wanted to get into. When I moved into production, it was everything about it was so exciting and so great. And there was no earthly reason why that job should have been as awesome as it was because my shifts were usually from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Or 9 yeah, the graveyard, to 9 right? We were doing overnight shoots. Ooh. And so it was just like, and it was brutal because I was still teaching yoga classes. So I would like do my overnight and then sleep for an hour and then go teach a class and then go do like my whole day job and then maybe take another little nap and then go back to work. One of the, the best things that sort of came out of working, coming into the production office at the end of Westworld is that um, everybody at every level is working on it's working on something creative, right? I mean, like when you're on a big show, there's a journey that it takes. So like, if you want to be a producer, like I want to be a producer, it's a long journey to, to get there, to actually be like at the monitor producing, like it's going to be a while before I get to, to, to move into that role on something that big. Um, but at every level, everybody's working on, on their own stuff because you're, you're working with creative people. So like right now, right, I'm a COVID coordinator, but I ultimately want to be a producer. So in 2021, I'm scheduling COVID tests with the hope that in 2025, you know, uh, in a different role, but I met, um, a, a director, uh, in the production, another production assistant in the production office. Um, his name's Mark Carricker and, um, he, had written over the pandemic, he had written like a short film script and I read it and I, it was really good. (laughs) I mean, even just like this first draft that I read, it really had some potential in it. And so I said, we should make this happen. 
um, you should direct it and I should produce it because not unlike actors in LA, I mean, they always say like, if you want to be an actor in Los Angeles, you should write your own stuff, right? Do your own stuff so that you can, and that's no different on the other side of the camera. If you want to be a director, if you want to be a producer, you got to do your own projects. And so he, he just, you know, out of, because we got shut down, right. In March of 2020, nobody was working for like six months. So. Oh, is that what was going on? I just, I thought I had been fired from everything. It was this little, (laughs) this funny little thing happened. So between, you know, (laughs) bouts of making sourdough in your kitchen or whatever, like. Right. um, You go outside, you look like Will Smith and I am legend, right? Like no one's around. What the hell's going (laughs) on? Hey, 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 let's not put down the sourdough. I did get into that. (laughs) Granted, it was late, but I got into that. All right. Let's let's keep moving on that. (laughs) I mean, I made soda bread the day before yesterday, so we're still in it (laughs) oh there we go (laughs) yeah um but he so he you know out of pandemic boredom and and the need to be doing something creative he wrote this script and i read it and i loved it and this is a screenplay that becomes a film yeah yeah so it's a short screenplay and and so then i was like would you want to do this and then it sort of became are we going to take this leap and and we did um and so that was in this the summer of 2020 we made the decision to to do this short film. He and and the, what's great about working in production on this side of the camera is that we also know a lot of very generous people in other departments who, for us, were either willing to work for free, or uh, other really talented young up and coming like cameramen, uh, cinematographers. You know, every, like I, I just I'm still sort of amazed at at the team that we amassed to do this project um and so then i want to say last february so february of 2021 so six months we're doing like massive pre-production figuring out how we're going to make this it's a it's a war drama so like how are we going to do a short film with like almost no budget epic sweeping landscapes like uh so going through all of that process and for me it's like coming up with a proposed budget and you know figuring out all the logistical concerns that are going to be which i you know which you learn when you're working on a big show it's the same process it's just like at scale and um, now you are the full-on producer now of this I'm the show person. <laughs> Hey, let's take a moment to talk about the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho. This season, Neighbors Don't Knock is brought to you by supporters of this 501c3 nonprofit that will provide a home to come back to for those who don't have one. They're doing incredible work by offering temporary housing for women of all faiths and backgrounds between the ages of 18 and 25. Brian, that includes women aging out of foster care, discharged from the military with trauma, or pregnant for the first time with nowhere to go. Operating according to a trauma-informed care model, the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho will foster emotional intelligence, confidence, independence, and utilize recreation for healing. To learn more about this important work and how to help these young women heal, learn, and grow, visit their website, sacredheartranch.org. And now back to the show. 
So you're you're now getting to do what you set out to do, which is fantastic, and, yeah. and that's great. Well, tell us about this movie. Tell us about what what's going on. That this movie. obviously it's something you saw in the script because if you want to get that involved and put in that much work, it's got to be something worth it to you. Yeah, totally. I mean, here we are, like over a year into into the project. Um, it's a fictional war drama, so it's it's a fictional war set early 20th century it's sort of we were purposely ambiguous about the war or the time um and a, a soldier finds herself abandoned and alone after after a battle and and so then she has to survive the elements to get to her camp and she comes upon another soldier from uh, the opposing side and then the two of them have to sort of team up and get to a camp together in an effort to end the war so the war is is a vehicle to get us into a, a a bigger story about what it means to cooperate with or work with or survive with someone who's diametrically opposed to you in every way. So we wanted to tell a story of, of what would happen if two people who had no earthly reason to find each other's humanity are able to find each other's humanity. And, and, and what and is the name what of really said? Sort of like struck me about. Uh, well, what, ah. <laughs> no, no. What is name so the, of said movie? Because I'm like, I'm already intrigued. I'm like, I want to know more. Yes. Uh, so it's called Romanova. And we are currently in post-production. Uh, actually, we just did an editing session yesterday um, and are just now at the point where it is going into fine cut and it's going to go into sound color correction and a little bit of VFX. So our, our goal is uh, before the end of 20. 21. Um, but the best way to keep track of that is uh, we did a Seed and Spark campaign. Um, and I believe you can still, like if, so if you go to seedandspark.com and then you in a search bar put Romanova, even though the campaign is ended, you can still follow the campaign. Well, um, we'll so put we that link to, for our listeners in the description yeah. below. So we'll have that in our, and, and sorry, I am on my phone right now. I'm putting a reminder to go to my tailor to get my sequins jacket for the premiere. <laughs> Done. So, all right. Um, when is the alleged premiere? Is this a rolling date or is there a set date? It's a, it's a, we don't have a set date yet for the premiere. Um, what we are in the process of like where we are in the process right now is figuring out which film festivals it's going to be submitted to. So it'll be Los Angeles, Houston. We're planning on submitting to, to some of those. Oh, you you can't then, say you can't say that and then not get as excited. See, Philip, I told you you got to get your outfit too. Are we are we doing are we doing tux? Are we doing matching sequence jackets for the red carpet? I'm sorry. <laughs> How do I even know you? What what is going? <laughs> I mean, he's a performer. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we'll color yeah. coordinate Brian for the uh, for the Houston premiere. If if you do come to Houston, yes. we we definitely want to do it. We'd love to do even. We we might even see if we can do a little. Uh, uh, special episode for for our listeners and for you guys. I mean, if you guys are are in town, that would be a lot of fun. We'd love to have you on for that. Indeed. I mean, I, I feel like that'll be the thing to do. Oh, I love it how she's like the thing to do is to hang out with us. Yeah, no, and there's there's my no, air quotes. That's, that's, <laughs> there were no air quotes for the record for all you. That, that was for me. That, I, no I did the air quotes. quotes. For me. That was for me. I did <laughs> no. the air quotes. 
That's absolutely, I mean, we would, we would absolutely love that. I'm, I'm pretty amazed because here you are, you, you wind up in uh, production on Westworld and we're talking, what we're talking like 2019, 2020, somewhere in there when you're on Westworld, 2019? The tail end of 2019 into 2020. Okay. Yeah, so, so first, that first foray into yeah. this. So, yeah. so basically yesterday you're working Westworld, yeah. the, the world <laughs> lights itself on fire and, and you yes. know, everyone is just going crazy and, and no one knows which way is up anymore miss ferris says no indeed i mean here here you are here you are (laughs) that's right you're you're producing a film that is is now in post-production you wrapped on shooting and you're working Mm -hmm. on when you can actually release to premiere i I have to give you incredible kudos and mad respect because that is that's amazing to put this together to deal with the pandemic to be able to continue moving your career in the direction of a huge you know, shift. I mean, you're going from, from performing and acting and all of your work that you've done in the pageants and, and you're still instructing yoga, which we haven't had a chance to speak about at all. And, and you're producing I know, right? a film. There's like another avenue. It's like another, it's like another layer that we just, we haven't even gotten to yet. Seriously. I'm embarrassed for myself right now because I have a hard time finding, you know, the time to go for a run and make coffee. And here you are juggling like five lives at once while the world is upside down. I need to get on the ball a little bit. I mean, I do have to sort of jump in and also give, because it's not just me, obviously. Like, you can't, no no woman is an island and no producer works on her own. Like, I, um, I at my best, would like to see myself as like a facilitator of a lot of time, sweat, tears, talent, you know, of, of an extraordinary crew. I mean, Mark, our director, is had this vision, but is also, he has this... Um, it's like special sauce, which is that he's an extraordinarily creative person, but he's also very like logistically minded. So when you're going through the process of like, how are we going to produce something in the midst of a pandemic? Not only that, how are we going to go on location? Cause we shot in death Valley and we shot in Alabama Hills, which is like a whole nother, I mean, film dork, exciting thing. Cause that's where they used to shoot all the Westerns. Like, you indeed. Know. Dunkadin and like all all those old westerns were shot up in Alabama Hills, so we were geeking out the whole time we were there. But that that he has this this extraordinary capacity for creativity, but then also gets that that creativity has to live within a frame um, and be realistic. And so it it's just really special to have a teammate like that, and then to have a crew that's willing to. To go to Death Valley in April. I mean, we shot on a desert dry bed on what at that point was the hottest day. In de- it was 101 degrees, and here we are with like steady cam equipment and like actors oh, in full like wool period uniforms. Like everybody were like, oh wow! And those troopers. uniforms and, are not no, like rough. thin layered. Those are got to no, be thick layered. Yeah, it was. I mean, no matter what you guys think of the movie, I mean, and the, I, I'm excited. I mean, based on the edit I saw yesterday, I'm starting to get really excited about what this movie is going to be. But I am so proud. I'll throw my hands up for that one. That we pulled. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited seeing you get excited. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just being able to pull off the shoot itself and keep everybody safe. And everybody came home and, you know, no equipment broke. And like, those are things like my producer brain is like, we had no LND. Like, that's so exciting. Um, (laughs) 
Oh, congratulations for that. Well done. <laughs> but you but survived you're right. Death Valley. And 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 we'll we give a Death Valley. We'll give a shout out to your whole team and crew. You, you know, you guys have an endorsement from Neighbors Don't Knock. Um, we oh. we know it takes a, a village to run a village, right? I mean, at, yeah. We we know it's not just you. So kudos to all of you guys, and we are going to be rooting for you. Hopefully, we will be able to see the movie uh, here. But I mean, yes. we we will find a way to find. We will find a way to see it, um, but we'll absolutely be helping promote that for you guys. And, and for all of our listeners, you guys can find the link in our episode description. If you want to go connect with the team, find out how you can be a part of that. I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's lots of involvement that they're still looking for. Lisa, yes. Are you guys still looking for yes. anybody that wants to be involved still? Absolutely. I mean... Yes, there are still tons of ways to get involved. I think when when a production move, when when a film moves into post production, there can be a minute of like, oh, oh, it's done. Now it's it's ready to go. But we're still sourcing um, film festivals, and um, there's just tons of ways. If you have any kind of post production experience, or you're interested in hopping on in any kind of capacity, we can find. We can find something for you to do if you want to host something. In I'm almost city. interested. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, yeah. well, what can I do? I'm like, just, seriously, I'm just like, uh, this sounds so exciting. I'm like, uh, well, Indeed. what can we do? What can we get on to do? Well, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I tell you I'm what. I'm great at bringing coffee. You are very good at bringing I'm coffee. I'm good at Amazing. bringing coffee. I'm really Amazing. good at bringing bourbon together with our powers combined. <laughs> We just make them Irish. We can have fun and stay awake all day long, you know, for those late night shoes. But but now that we're in post-production with this movie, honestly, we will definitely put up the Seed and Spark link in our episode description. You can look up Romanova on SeedandSpark.com. I'm looking at it right now. And for anybody listening, if they are interested in how they can get involved in the post-production, wherever Lisa and her team need help, go ahead and email admin at NeighborsDon'tKnock.com, and we'll make sure that we put everybody in touch the way they need to be put in touch. Absolutely. And you know, and with all that going on, you still do yoga. You still do yoga. So I, I mean, I, that is just a namaste. That is just amazing. I mean, I, I see you. I've looked, I've looked at your channel. I, I, I watched, I watched, I think that's, I think it's great that you're even doing that. It's like, is the yoga thing just because you love it or is it because it just helps balance the rest? I think we got a real chicken or egg kind of scenario there where it's like, can you do all this stuff because of yoga or does yoga make like um, <laughs> yoga? I would ne not be where I am today had I not started practicing yoga 13 years ago. <laughs> like had, had that not been something that found its way into my life, the, yeah, the, the skill set to be able to sort of take a breath and balance everything. Uh, I think I probably would have had a heart attack at this point. And I would just have like, because I, the desire to be the sort of energizer bunny then mixed with a practice that, that chills you out a little bit. And you are practicing and teaching. I am. So I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I thought I had retired from teaching. So the pandemic hit and I taught some classes online. Um, and then the yoga studio, I was teaching at yoga works and yoga works sadly went under, um, although they're still available online. Like you can still take classes at yoga works online and so I was like, you know what? I think it's a sign I'm going to retire from teaching yoga. And then there is a studio in Los Angeles. It's called the Center for Yoga. And it's one of the oldest studios in LA. They reopened. And the studio manager, now for Center for Yoga, was my old studio manager at one of the Yoga Works locations I taught at. And I was like, I'm retired. I've totally retired. And she's like, but like, do you want to be on our sub list? And I'm like, yes. I can just see... Um 
you know, the childhood version of you that we talked about earlier in this conversation, the dancer just glowing when you talk about your 13 years of <laughs> yoga practice, because obviously that was that, uh, that need for movement in your soul that sort of found its way. So congratulations for making yeah, sure that exactly. Well, and, and also congratulations Thank to everything you that. that you guys are that well, not you guys, but you are doing Lisa, because you are going after what you want. And, and I think that is admirable. I think our listeners are, would be encouraged to hear uh, again, that every story is not set one way. You ne- you never know where the, you know, where the challenges are going to come and where your journey is going to take you. And I think you're a perfect example of a neighbor that we're meeting that you just, you don't understand where you're going or maybe you do, but you don't know how you're getting there. And it just, it's amazing to see what you are accomplishing right now. Thank you so much. I mean, God, can I just like keep you guys in my, I just put you on my refrigerator on bad days. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do, that, that, we're, we're working on an app, you know, like great, great. We're, I, we're working on like my, an NDK app. <laughs> my neighbors don't knock who tell me like, you're doing it. You're doing everything right. It's okay. <laughs> it, it'd probably be a little bit more rash than that. But <laughs> it might be. Because no, it is true. Like I will say it's been a very long and winding road with a lot of strange left turns. I mean, the fact that you guys and I are even talking is because I happened to go to graduate school and met Christina Wells. I mean, that's sort of like, that's some magic that you can't, when you're going through it, you're like, I don't know how this dot is going to connect with this dot, but you sort of just keep going. And eventually those dots will connect. Cause like, when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, that thing that made no sense at the time Absolutely. Well, we're on the same page. Absolutely. And we're we're hoping that it's not the last time that our paths cross. No, absolutely not. In fact, you know, Lisa, I have no doubt that we can fill four episodes worth of discussion. (laughs) And anytime you want to just hang out and talk, whether it be on the mic or off, you are welcome any, anytime you like, you have an open invitation. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Yeah, that's right. But I'd love that. Yeah. uh, Again, man, love talking with you, loved having you on, but you guys can get all of Lisa's information and all those links are in our episode description. Make sure you guys go back and check out past episodes of Neighbors Don't Knock. Hit that subscribe button. We drop new episodes every Friday. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, at NDK Podcast. Philip? Peace. Out!